Some viewers may find this disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. Hi, my loves. It's Destin Choice, and you're watching Choice TV. So y'all asked for it. Here it is. Today I'm doing another documentary because, as you guys can see, quarantine pretty much has me stressed the hell out. <laughs> Everybody's lives are changing right now. Y'all know the government is trying to kill us. I decided to bring you guys another docu about why the TV show The Game Ended. What you looking at? Low self-esteem bitch. Okay, you need to back the hell up. Yeah, not that you owe me anything, but damn, I am another black woman. Because y'all ever wondered why the game ended? You know, it's really crazy because that was literally one of my favorite shows. And in my personal opinion, I think the game is probably one of the best black sitcoms of all time. Not only was it one of those really, really funny shows that we all love to tune into and watch. It was just one of those shows that you just can't get enough of because it had a good balance of drama, comedy, you know, real life issues. You know, a lot of you guys don't even realize the game was one of the first few shows to ever address the beef between black men versus black women. The black woman is so desperate to be in a relationship with a good black man that will wait around for him, will pray for him, and then when we finally snag one, we'll just go ahead and let that Negro just act a fool. Okay. Mm -hmm. oh. So that's why you're always so angry? angry. So it was a shame to see the game go downhill because it's literally such a cultural classic that I feel like it doesn't get enough credit. But there was a lot of shady things that a lot of people didn't realize about the show and there was a lot of behind the scenes things that a lot of people don't even realize about the show. And today I'm going to be bringing that to a lot of you guys today. Y'all ever wonder why Melanie and Darren really left the show? Y'all ever wonder why the show went downhill and they changed the whole damn theme from a comedy to a dramedy to a fucking soap opera? Like, you know, the game was really one of those great shows that I absolutely loved and it was a shame to see it go from this cultural funny classic to the black version of Days of Our Lives. It's just like, what the fuck is this? Now, unpopular opinion, but a lot of people believe the downfall of the show had a lot to do with the Branding Norwood curse. Now, y'all know what the Branding Norwood curse is. It's basically a conspiracy theory that every time Brandy gets on the show, it gets canceled. I mean, <laughs> I don't really have to elaborate on that. I mean, just look at all the shows that were canceled due to Brandy being on it. For me, watching the game was like watching a reality of an actual reality show. The game was showing us the ugly, the good, the bad, the infidelity, the domestic violence, the, the, the homophobia, the, the what goes on in the industry, what goes on here, who hates who. But here's a nice breakdown about why the TV show The Game ended and pretty much why the show pretty much went downhill and a lot of the behind the scenes shit that a lot of people don't know, don't talk about. Now, for those of you guys who don't know what the fuck the game is, never watched the show, and don't know much about the show, the game was a hit romantic sitcom that first aired on the CW 15 years ago on October 1st, 2006, before it was sold and produced by BET. And the game is actually a spinoff of the hit series that a lot of you guys might know, Girlfriends. And both series were created and written by the legendary, talented Mara Ajil. I think we need to talk about a spinoff. Let's go in and we had lunch and he's like, yeah, I think so. Let's go in and go film another show. And um, I quickly came up with the game. This is the game. Woohoo! <laughs> Delta, take one. Don't tell me. Two cameras, A and C only, marker. I love sports, but one of my favorite things is when they pan to the um, audience and you get to see who they're married to or who they're dating. I always wondered about 
how those women felt, who they are. Today she's most notable for writing a lot of hits that a lot of you guys might know. One of our first ever shows that she ever wrote and produced for was a short-lived sitcom that some of y'all might remember called South Central. And Mar wanted to create a show with the concept of a look into a celebrity's lifestyle, a trend that a lot of people were into right now, and a lot of the negatives that people don't like to show while they're in the spotlight. And the show's iconic intro even showcased a powerful method that a lot of people don't even notice, which basically symbolizes behind every powerful and successful man is always a woman in his life who inspires his success or keeps him valid. The show centered around Melanie Barnett, who was a pre-med student who gave up her dream and her parents' dream to attend a prestigious medical school to follow her boyfriend around to San Diego in order to help and pursue his dream. The show also follows their tribes, tribulations, and tribes of the football family, and it also showcases Darren Davis, who's Melody Barnett's husband, trying to adjust to fame and committing to a serious relationship while in the spotlight and getting tons of attention. We don't need to go to court, man. Uh-uh. One of us needs to protect him. So I can't just have you popping over to deny your son whatever you want. We need structure, which includes child support. Yeah, is that 10 grand every now and again? The series also follows a strong black woman by the name of Tasha Mack, who's a manager to her son. The next character showcased a man by the name of Jason Pitts. Jason Pitts was an arrogant, cheapskate, and a self-centered black man, and a self-hating black man at that, who often uses misogynistic patriarch to control his wife, and he had a bad penny-pinching tendency. Jason often allowed his ego to clothe his emotions due to his own demons, and he went to marry a white woman named Kelly, who often enabled his behavior and ignored his mental health in order to cope with the guilt. Throughout the series, all the characters in some way, somehow, in some world are connected, and they often cross paths throughout the duration of each and every single episode. All the characters constantly cross paths was a frequently broad depiction of how small the industry is. Many people don't even know this, but here's a quick fun fact about the game. Many people don't realize this, but before the game was its own TV show on CW, the game was actually an episode of Girlfriends as a means to hype up and promote the pitch to the CW. And originally, the pilot actually featured a whole different cast. Well, today is a special occasion. Sit down, sit down. I'm making you a celebratory breakfast. Baby, the cereal goes in. It's all good. Meal served. Nobody died. <laughs> Jason, I'm not putting greasy food in my Birkin bag. Where's the tinfoil I put in your purse? I took it out. Whoa. It's wrapped in two napkins. It's not like it's dripping. I don't want it in my Birkin bag. Baby, you don't have a Birkin bag. You have a bootleg bag. Just drop it in there. No. Then, on October 1st, 2007, the game made its first appearance on CW, and it instantaneously became a hit with the premiere averaging at least 2 million viewers in one night. The show touched on many important issues that many men and women face in today's society, especially black people, and it often forces to have such powerful and vigorous conversations that many of us don't often have with our friends or significant others or even co-workers. The game has touched on topics like domestic violence, this is how you treat a guy who shells out his hard-earned cash and breaks his diet for your spoiled little bratty kid. Get out of my house. No, you don't just dump me. Like, hold my arm. God, why are you being such an ass? Why are you being such a bitch? Women being codependent on men in relationships, the constant, and let me say the constant, the freaking profuse glorification of baby mama culture amongst men of power. Because like I said earlier in this video, baby mama culture is something that's pretty profuse and pretty prominent in Hollywood. Inquiring minds want to know. With a turkey baster. What? A turkey baster. It's not just for basting turkeys. Now, we can't forget that one infamous episode when the game even tapped into toxic masculinity and download homosexuality 
in the industry that literally no one talks about because it's very prominent and a lot more prominent than you think. And of course, we cannot forget about when the game tackled homophobia in the black community. No, we over here talking about gay Aiken's ass. We need to be talking about our lack of defense on the field. Y'all know it's true. Speak on it. <laughs> see, see now Javon's caught the game too? This queerness is spreading like a wildfire in this beast, but it's my image that won't let me kick it with Mookie, while little Miss Sunbeam's ass is our new sacred mascot? All right, come on, Ryan, we need you for this. Hell no. I ain't about to tow jump when I for no fag. Yo, I'm gonna whoop your ass. Anyone who's black knows this. Homophobia is very rapid amongst a lot of communities of color, especially in the black community. And I loved how Mara tapped into that because she addressed how it's very it's, it's very interesting how you know a lot of people who are in a, who are part of an oppressed group will also oppress another group. The game ran for three successful seasons on CW, but despite averaging millions of viewers, the CW decided to cancel the show abruptly on May 15, 2009. And the news blew up on social media and all over MySpace, and fans were pissed. Now, if you guys didn't know, the game almost became one of those forgotten sitcoms in the mid-2000s. Because back in the day, y'all know, shows like Half and Half, Everybody Hates Chris, The Tyrus Show, Eva Eve, tons of shows that were literally up and coming in the, in the mid-2000s. So many shows, one-on-one, -on -one, so many shows were canceled by the CW drastically, horribly, due to the fact that the CW just didn't want to support content that promoted blackness, content that was featuring a predominantly black cast. Now, let me elaborate on that a little bit. The CW went through something that I personally like to call a diversity cleanse. Because let's just face it, a lot of black people don't support a lot of these black sitcoms. Because I see a profuse conversation of a lot of people saying, oh, where the black sitcoms at, where the black shows at, but then I see a profuse amount of people who say this are the same people who tune into Love and Hip Hop. They're the same people who tune into Bad Girls Club. They're the same people who tune in to Black Ink Crew. But when there's a black sitcom that offers positive representation, a lot of people don't tune in. So the CW wasn't very happy with their numbers. So due to that, the CW figured, hey, we might as well cleanse out our diversity and revamp the entire network. Because one thing about CW that a lot of people don't know is, before the CW was the CW, it was obviously UPN, right? Well, the CW was constantly having this stigma attached to them, and people were constantly referring to the CW as the new UPN. And CW wanted to break out of that mold and expand their network. The CW was literally only making more money off of reruns of old shows like Everybody Loves Raymond, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and predominantly their only audience was black people, and a lot of black people weren't tuning in to all the newest shows they were trying to push out. So the CW had to do a whole diversity cleanse and get rid of all of these shows for predominantly black cast members because people were not tuning in to support it. Um, I just read that the game got canceled, CW. No longer has a need for black people, I, I assume, because all the black sitcoms and just everything with a predominantly black cast has been annihilated from CW. Um, first it was the game. First it was girl. No, first it was half and half. Then it was girlfriends, and now the game. And then everybody hates Chris. Also got canceled. Major t television networks 
either don't care or don't realize that black people watch TV too. And black people like to see people who look like themselves on TV. It's like... First off, y'all know as well as I do that CW canceled the game. And besides, we don't even have any black television shows on besides this show and Everybody Hates Chris. And Everybody Hates Chris is about to get canceled. Because obviously we all know the era of reality television and the era of reality black television started emerging around the mid 2000s. So the CW wanted to cater to a more different audience. They wanted, they wanted to cater to a more broader audience. And Mara Ajil utilized her resources to try to repitch the game. So Mara fought long and hard and long and hard so she can keep the show and she wanted to keep it alive despite the CW canceling it and not wanting to produce new episodes. So Mara knew it wasn't worth ending a cultivating series due to all the cult following it had already built up. The uproar for the game being canceled was so big to the point where Mara got every single cast member on the show to go on MySpace and to go on Facebook and start a campaign to have the CW give up the rights to the game so that way Mara can get the rights and repitch it to a new network in hopes of making it a revamped 30 minute series so that fans can get new episodes. Now, this is historic. This has never happened, ever. So we really want to make history right now. So we're actually trying to get 1 million hits on CWTV.com. We, we all have to support one another. We know that there are a lot of fans, fans out there and we just want to let you know that we are really trying hard to keep the show um, on the air. Basically trying to change the game from a half hour sitcom to a one hour dramedy. So all the times y'all blog us and y'all say it's not long enough, we want more of the game, we're actually going to try to make that work out for you guys. So this is what I need you guys to do. I need you guys to go to CWTV.com and go to the game message boards. We're just really hoping that all of our fans will go to the CW website, just go to the message boards, just blow it up. So Mara fought long and hard and she finally got the show picked up for BET. Oh, first of all, we got to support. We have to support one another and that's why we're here because mm -hmm. BET saw that we were canceled and they're like, we can't do this. You know, we can't let this happen again. Let's do something about it. And that's how we get things done. When we all collaborate and we come together and, and, and we work hard. It was almost like the CW kind of gave us up for adoption. Mm -hmm. And BT mm -hmm. was the parents that said, you know, I'm going to take this child and nurture it and grow it to, mm -hmm. to be the best that it can be. Hey, 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 hey. Everyone out here better be a Sabre fan. They want to do the show. You know, we had Ocho Cinco. You know, he wanted to do the show. Mm -hmm. T.O. wanted yeah. to do the show, but his schedule wasn't allowed. Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson. Yeah. Sure, Serena. And they all, all, all athletes yeah. in general. They all They're say we get it right, the show though. As well. They all say mm -hmm. we're the one show that got it right. All the other football shows in the past uh, never held a candle to what really exists in their lives. Or, you know, and they're like, yeah, like, what do you think? I'm like, dude, we're wearing the same clothes on every episode. They <laughs> cut our production costs. I was like, this is not looking good. <laughs> and they're like, really? So, I was, I, I knew, I knew, I was prepared. I was getting prepared because I, because I saw that. <laughs> the game was later picked up for a fourth season, two years later. On BET, March 29th of 2011, and when I tell y'all, the premiere for the game exploded. And in one night, over 7.7 .7 million people tuned into season 4 to watch the premiere of the game, and that many viewers was a really big deal for BET. The game became, and even still to this day, is one of the most watched sitcom premieres in television history. And still to this day, the game holds the record for the most watch premiere for a sitcom in history, reaching over 7.7 .7 million viewers in one night. 
Season 4 had a massive machine behind it, and Marvel really stepped up her pen game. Season 4 even featured many of our favorite black celebrities, like Little Kim, Megan Good, Terrence J from 106 Park, and Tika Sumter, who all became recurring cast members. The game featured a whole new different font, a whole new different concept, and it showed growth amongst all the characters. It even had a more cinematic, more serious font that gravitated more fans to the show, and they even minimized the laugh track. BET also moved the entire series to Atlanta, Georgia for a new, modernized feel, and the game really just became one of the hottest sitcoms on television at the time. It became the hottest dramedy, and everywhere you go, everybody was talking about the game. Thanks to the rise of Twitter, thanks to the rise of Instagram, they helped propel and help push the show to a new element, hence why the show was so successful back in 2011. But a lot was great, but a lot of it started to go downhill, and I'll explain that in a little bit. The show's new format was great, and ratings were booming for Season 4, and the renewal of Season 5 was instant, until things went downhill with three of the main cast members on the show. In 2011, 35-year-old Brittany Daniels had to leave the show. She abruptly left the show, and she was written off the show, and a lot of fans were actually upset and were very confused, and they wrote her off to the show to the point where it seemed like she was leaving because she wanted to find herself, but obviously that didn't make any sense considering that it was all so sudden. The white girl that was on the game, and I know Brittany that you two, that's I our know, baby. Yes. can you please be honest for once and for all and share this with We Game fans? You know, to be totally authentic, she took some time out for herself. Yes. Would she have a nervous breakdown? She took some time out for herself. <laughs> Did Keenan Ivory Wayans, her boyfriend, ask her to leave the show? She, she took, took some time out for herself. Enough. <laughs> A few episodes later, Brandy was later introduced into the cast, and she was introduced as Chardonnay, and her character was I. her character was, was cool, I guess, her character was a little bit dusty, and her character was a little bit pointless, but I get why they added her in, and she really did, you know, make the show a good balance, and she did really hold it up until Brittany Down was able to return. But, three years later, in 2014, she eventually returned to the show in March of 2014, and she later went public about her real reasoning for leaving the show. The real reason why she left the show was because while she was filming for the show, she was diagnosed with stage 4 non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh, I got a series of tests, scans, MRIs, things like that, and the doctors ended up finding that I had stage 4 oh, lymphoma. And, and no history of it in your family? And no, or... and it's not a genetic thing. Right. Uh, so, um, yeah, it, it was a surprise finding out in your mid-30s that you have cancer. I am back, and I am I am so grateful to BET, mm -hmm. because, yeah. I mean, I, I thought I was gone, literally. I thought it was gone. Brittany yeah. was gone, Kelly was gone, and I'm so grateful to be back on the show. Now, the next scandal a lot of people don't even realize is a lot of the scandals centered around Melanie Barnett, who played, you know, who's played by Tia Mari. If y'all didn't know, Tia Mari and Pooch Hall actually walked away from the show. Now, obviously, we need to start with Tia Mari and how her departure started it all. What? Something happened. What do you mean? Why this? The, you and, and Pooch not being on the game makes it feel like the game is about to collapse. No disrespect to all the other actors because they're tremendous, but you guys are. A on May 16, 2012, Tia Mari went on Twitter to announce that she would not be returning to the game, and she tweeted the following. On May 16 of 2012, Tia tweeted, Just wanted to let all my fans know that I would not be returning to the game for season 6. It was an incredible run, and I had a lot of fun. But a lot of people question Tia's credibility because one of Wendy Williams' really good friends, and also a radio personality from Dallas, Texas named Dee Dee McGuire, said this. She tweeted the same day, Wow, for all those that watched the game on BET, 
Tia Mori just told me that she was informed an hour ago that she was fired from the show. Then to make matters even worse, Pooch Hall tweeted literally two days later announcing his departure for the show. And fans of the show were very upset and they even trended the hashtag, the game is over. Because a lot of people only watched to see Durant and Melanie. It was never told why she wanted to leave the show, but it was blatantly obvious that she wanted to pursue other things and that she had moved on from the show. Said that I am not going to be coming back to season six mm-hmm. um, on the game. And it is my understanding that Pooch is not coming back as well. Um, and I have so many other things going on right now. What? Something happened. What do you mean? Why this the, you and um, Pooch not being on the game makes it feel like the game is about to collapse. No disrespect to all the other actors because they're tremendous. But you guys are a central mm-hmm. part of that show. What was the off the set? Was it negotiate? Was it money? Uh, uh, you know what? I I really can't answer those questions right now. Mm-hmm. I, I really can't. Uh, what did they tell you? Why what do you mean? They, why? Why? You know, you said it was mutually. It was a mutual decision. You decided you wanted to move on because you're busy. What did they decide? What did they say? Um, you know, I think right now, I think the best way I'm answering these questions, mm-hmm. I think, is all that I can really give you. Okay. Um, you know, like I said, I think once Pooch opens up, you know, and kind of explains, you know, his situation, I think, you know, it all kind of makes sense. She never addressed it, and every time she's asked about it, she constantly skips over the question, and she never elaborates on why she really left the show. But Pooch Hall, he's a different story. He wasn't holding anything back. He actually elaborated several times on why he really left the show, on why he really left the game. And here's basically what happened. When it came to Pooch Hall, his story was very different from Tia, but in several interviews throughout the years, Pooch Hall claimed his reasoning for leaving the game was due to money. Also, during the filming of season 5, Puchal started to venture out and do bigger and better things and venture into different avenues in his career into the film industry. When asked if he had any issue with BET in 2012 regarding his departure, Pooch said in an interview with Vibe that he was happy to have moved on to a new show called Ray Donovan because at the time, while he was trying to negotiate his contract, he had booked a really big gig on a Showtime series called Ray Donovan. Ended when my two-year contract was up. We started negotiating. We didn't agree. Uh, we were still trying to work stuff out. It just didn't work out for me over there. They didn't but have a part for you anymore? They wasn't like, talking right. They, they, talking they wasn't right. talking at all. Something, a hiccup or something happened where all of a sudden I didn't hear back from my people. Like, I didn't hear back from BT. And next thing you know, um, they're like, well, uh, he ain't returning. Like, I was like... Wow. Because y'all didn't know, Pooch Hall recently did a whole interview, and he recently talked about and did a whole rant on how he felt like BET blackballed him from the entire network. He even addressed how BET even dis- disassociated with him when it comes to anything affiliated with BET. Parlay this into something bigger. And so when we were negotiating, um, I kind of was like, oh, because I knew how BET got down. I knew how the producers got down. It's almost kind of like if you have this opportunity that we gave you, in a sense, we don't, we want you to be loyal we want you to it's not like fly eagle fly right. it's almost like we want you to stay with right. the click right and i was like just, don't cross the family type of situation yeah, yeah yeah so for me i was just like okay i hear you are we gonna make this work this deal and i was kind of like oh please 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 and then i was up to the point where i was just like yo this is i don't want to feel this way just just make make it happen and my, my team was like no pooch like we're here they, it's like we have to get here, not like you be here and then they're still down there. That's like, no, you're not growing. 
I literally booked Ray Donovan in like it was like a two week span. Yeah. They knew I was the guy like when I walked in the room. Yeah. And next thing you know, I was kinda like, Oh shit and like I didn't go in there like not trying to get it. Yo, when that when that shit hit I think deadline, mm -hmm. yo, the emails and phone calls just ceased. It was like crickets. Really? Crickets, homie. Instead of embracing them, I felt like the doors closed and all of a sudden no more BT awards, no more No. no. And, and I'm not afraid to say it. It, it I, I, I kind of got depressed. And yeah. and there was a and there was and so much they don't that there's so much people don't know that I'm sitting here like I just It's time to talk about it. No. <laughs> According to him, he feels like after he left BET and went on to Showtime, because you guys didn't know, Showtime is an ongoing competitor of a lot of platforms. BET wasn't very happy about it, and BET refused to work with him after he decided to walk away from the game due to the fact that they weren't getting his money right. So because they refused to pay him what he felt like he was worth after making the show successful, the game decided, you know what, we're going to let you go and we're going to change the entire storyline. And that's pretty much when the show went downhill. And for me and a lot of people, that was the beginning of the end of the game. And I was really disappointed when Pooch Hall left and Tiamari left. Because it was one thing that Tiamari left. But then Pooch Hall left. It was just like, what the fuck? Are we in the fucking Twilight Zone? Why the hell are we losing the best two characters on the show? I mean, all the other characters are great and all. But we all really tuned in for Melanie and Durin. The fans gave the show a ton of backlash. And assumed that BET was doing a lot of scandalous things. So instead of ending the show or hiring the or hiring brand new substitutions, instead of pulling an Aunt Viv or pulling a light skinned Claire, they decided to basically change up the whole damn storyline and bring in two new characters and that's when the show became lame as fuck. And Mara Ajil, the creator of the show, decided to make a drastic decision and she switched up the sixth season and she basically shook things up. I'm not going to say season 6 was overall lame as hell, but what I will say is that season 6 really showed me that two characters really make a difference. Taking Tia Mari and taking Pooch Hall out the show was like taking Gina out of Martin. It just don't work. To make matters even worse, they tried to force chemistry and chemistry just wasn't there with the characters. They tried to force something new on the fans and fans were not feeling that shit. It just wasn't living up to the stands anymore. And take this from somebody who actually watched the entire seasons. I watched it from beginning to end, but one thing that I didn't like is they tried to force a lot of storylines and they tried to force a new problematic relationship, hoping that fans would gravitate towards it, and that just wasn't the case. The viewership dropped by 30%. So the game went from averaging at least 4 million viewers an episode to literally only averaging a million views or under an episode. It was heavily criticized for being boring, and it was also heavily criticized for not being quote-unquote as entertaining as before. And many people also criticized the characters for not having as much chemistry as they did considering Melanie and Durin, two pieces of the puzzle, were missing. So, BEC was so upset and disappointed with the numbers, so they only gave Mara Ajil and the producers of the show only a few episodes. Almost every character was getting into a relationship, or almost every character was acting out of character. Like, all the characters just weren't acting the same. The final season first aired on June 3rd of 2015, and the final season of the game ended with a decent sense of closure. Like, it was it was alright, but it depicted a lot of things that many fans were not fucking with. The really only good thing about the finale was that Tia Mari and Pooch Hall actually made a comeback. That was one of the only few things that were good about the finale was that the shit was ending and Tia Mari and Pooch Hall made a final appearance and they obviously gave birth to twins. That was the only thing that brought fans to peace because the finale was so terrible. Seeing all these fictional characters look at a hot damn mess 
and give us a nice little dose of celebrity lifestyles. And, you know, what was so fulfilling to it was the fact that we got to see an insight on what celebrities really go through behind the scenes. On December 2019, the game was actually supposed to be back for a reboot after the cancellation of four years on BET. Now, BET had already canceled it for four years, and it has already been gone since 2015. But a couple months ago, back in 2019, they tried to reboot the show because, if y'all didn't know, the CW actually reached out to Mara, the creator of the game. Originally, the CW offered her a deal to bring back the show, but some complications happened. So, for those of you guys who are looking forward to a reboot, yeah, it's likely not going to happen. The reboot was supposed to showcase the original cast members mentoring the next generation of football players and mentoring the next generation of football wives in the city of Baltimore. But allegedly, the CW wasn't with that shit. But due to disagreements, Mara Ajil and her whole team walked out on CW because they didn't like the fact that CW wasn't giving them any creative control. But of course, I don't want to end this video on a terrible note. And of course, I want to give you guys a nice and swift where they now and what the characters are pretty much up to. I want to give you guys a really nice update about what all the characters are up to career-wise and all the controversies that some of the characters have been in after the show. Now, the first character I want to start with is Erica Gluck. But Daddy, what if he comes back to get us? Maybe he is not coming back. Please, Daddy, please, please, don't go. Now, a lot of you guys may remember Bert Brat as being the spoiled brat who was the daughter of Jason Pitts and Kelly Pitts. Now, for those of you guys who didn't know, she was the original girl who played Britney Pitts. Now, if y'all didn't know, Erica Gluck is a singer, an actress, and a campaign model from Los Angeles, California, and her first ever acting role was The Game. And it opened many doors for her to do other things, but unfortunately, when BET picked up the new season of The Game, BET didn't really care for her. So, instead of her coming on to the newer season, Erica was replaced by a new actress. Once she was bought on as Britney in the newer season, the fans... Honestly went insane. A lot of people weren't feeling her and she actually got cyberbullied off of social media Due to a lot of people not being happy about the fact that she was replacing the original Brit Brat. The new Britney is currently 24 years old and she's still singing full-time and she's also acting and you can currently catch her as a recurring cast member on the show Empire as Treasure. I have a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. Today honestly gave us that nice balance of the classy, well-established, successful baby mama. She wasn't like the other baby mama that you see in society. She wasn't the bitter, penny-pinchy baby mama who wanted to milk her baby daddy dry. Janae was played by the beautiful and talented Gabrielle Dennis. Gabrielle Dennis, if you guys didn't know, was most notable for being a child star. If you guys didn't know, when she was 17 years old, she actually hosted and she actually was a huge character on the show Teen Summit back from 1998 to 2000 when she was 17 up to when she was 19. I, I can affect their mentality. Because so the media is around us all the time. It's in the movies we watch, the television, it's in the music we listen to. Right. I mean, we can't help but to kind of follow what we see in front of us every day. Right, you know? She doesn't have to do that. They can set goals for themselves and they can- It would take her at least six years before she could ever work again as an actress in Hollywood. And in 2006, she got her big break when she finally got to work alongside the Wayne Brothers, and she starred alongside Damon Wayans in his hit show, The Underground. Oh, hi. Hi. Can I just get a pedicure, please? Okay, yeah, you come sit right here. Come sit this chair right here. Okay. What color you like? Uh, 
Lots of color, red, purple. Don't uh, see what don't fall. Yeah, ping pong. Like orange. Oh, yeah, feet so long. That's gonna be cute on you. That's gonna be cute. Ping pong town. You know your ping pong ball. You ping pong ball. We all don't you so you don't, 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 don't. Yeah, chong, the pong, the dong, the beat. Y'all can see why it was canceled. After her short lived moment on the game, Gabrielle has been working in Hollywood nonstop. This girl is really steady out here working and she's actively worked as a stand up comedian after she did the game. I hate that I love Jungle Juice because, in my cheap mind, nobody should ever pay $8 for a beverage that's no fucking alcohol. You know what I'm saying? She also played Tyda Johnson in the Marvel show Luke Cage, and she most recently had a really, really big role in 2018 when she played Whitney Houston in the BET original The Bobby Brown Story. And as of now, she's still working and she's currently 38 years old. Because I haven't thought it all through yet. And because Malik is my child. And because damn it, I said so. We all love Tasha. Tasha was literally one of the few characters who made the show. Besides Melanie and Duran, Tasha was that key character that honestly kept the show out of balance. One thing that I really loved about Tasha Mack was the fact that she was a strong, confident woman. She didn't take nothing from nobody. She was literally a single mother who raised her son and raised an empire at the same time. Tasha was also written to be a statistic and a stereotype on the show. If y'all didn't realize this, Tasha's character was very essential and was very important to a lot of black women. Because if y'all didn't know this, Tasha's character was also written to be the high 40% of successful black women who oftentimes aren't married. Because if y'all didn't know, it's a consistent pattern of successful black women who hit their 30s who aren't married and normally a lot of these successful black women who hit 30 who aren't married end up alone single normally for the rest of their lives due to profuse attention given to their career money and success so when you were Kyle robinson before she played tasha mack was a philanthropist from los angeles california she's still a philanthropist to this day she got her start attending Howard University. So she's literally a Howard University alumni, and she actually got her degree in fine arts. In 1996, Wendy Raquel Robinson co-founded her very own school. She actually runs her own school called the Amazing Grace Conservatory, located in Los Angeles, California. The Amazing Grace Conservatory is a school that serves children from 8 to 18 years old from disadvantaged socioeconomic backgrounds in the fields of arts and media production. At the Amazing Grace Conservatory, where actress Wendy Raquel Robinson guides the next generation of Black Hollywood. For the past 13 years, Wendy has provided the youth of South Central LA with something they can't get anywhere else. I think the thing that separates Amazing Grace Conservatory is that we give young people a mirror of themselves. You know what I mean? We're located in South Central Los Angeles. So number one, they're seeing people that look like them, that act like them, that can identify with them, that are also working professionals. Before Wendy scored the role as Tasha, Wendy has literally had a real, real nice cameo from the 1980s to the late 1990s. She even had a cameo alongside Martin Lawrence in the film, A Thin Line Between Love and Hate as Gwen. And I don't be like that. After all your damn promises. Just get out of my face, nigga. Okay. No. Whoa, punk. Since playing Tasha in the game, she has since had a really, really slow and steady career. She hasn't really done much, but she recently started a movie called Boy Bye that appeared on Netflix. She most recently had a cameo in Raven's Home as Dreamweaver. So now prepare yourself. I haven't been able to do my hair all week. Come on, boo-boo. I've seen it all. You ready? I'm ready. I don't think you're ready. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> 
Wendy is currently 52 years old and she now spends her time using her stardom and her retirement to focus on her students at her school. Badass go to waste. Ah! Let's get nasty, mama! Ah! Of course, we gotta talk about Malik. Malik Wright. I loved Malik Wright. He was so funny. He was so insane. He was so crazy. And he also played in the statistics of many black men who oftentimes don't seek therapy or help. One of the few things that I really enjoyed about Malik was the fact that he was just this, you know, this, this boyish, overtly masculine, very rude, dis disrespectful, misogynist man who often was a mama's boy and oftentimes pushed away women just like how he pushed away all the people in his life. He oftentimes pushed away all the women in his life due to the fact that his mom was a really terrible enabler and his mom pushing away men reflected on his life and it really affected him. But before he played Malik on the game, he had a really extensive theater background and he actually got his start starring in the CBS drama NCIS in 2005. Jose eventually would garner the role as Malik Wright and he quickly skyrocketed to success and became a household name for viewers all over the world back in 2007. Jose left the entertainment industry to pursue education at the UCLA because he didn't care that much to be an actor anymore and he wanted to more so do serious things. He's been pretty private throughout his career and was only in one infamous scandal that people still talk about. Recently, if y'all didn't know, on September 5th, 2019, Jose Chanchez went public about somebody sexually assaulting him. This is Isaac Sanders, the man who allegedly sexually molested Jose Chanchez when he was only 14 years old. Now, this guy has a pretty problematic past because since 2004, literally over five boys have came forth about him molesting and sexually assaulting them and manipulating them. Allegedly, Isaac Sanders used to use his power, his vice presidency, and the fact that he had money to manipulate young boys who came from broken homes, and he promised them recommendation letters, he promised them scoutership in the NFL, and he also promised them other things. Back in September, Hosea Chanchez took to Instagram and he wrote, A week before this day, my friend's dad, Isaac Sanders, was asking me what type of girls I liked and if I had sex with a girl yet. He kept asking me, I bet you have the girl screaming with that big dick. I bet you can come a lot. I didn't know it at the time, but he was trying to see my boundaries were. He was using a false hypermasculinity as a way to sniff out my comfort level with sex and privacy. This became a regular conversation where he asked me questions about sex, wondering what girls think of me sexually. But for some odd reason, he would never ask me anything around his son, aka my friend, or anyone else. It was always only with me. Then Hosea followed that up by saying, On this day in particular, he insisted on taking me home. I knew something wasn't right. My intuition was telling me it's not right, but I got in the car anyways. Shortly after the drive began, he detoured and pulled down a dirt ro road. He pulled over on the side of the road and said he wanted to talk to me about school and what my plans were for the future. He worked at a university, so he said he's only looking out for me and my future. Then, out of nowhere, he said he wanted to see what the girls are going crazy over. Then he reached over and unzipped my pants and told me to trust him. I remember he kept saying, trust me, you will like it. He pulled out my penis, put it in his mouth, and molested me in his car. When he finished, he said, it don't mean nothing if a guy gives you a blowjob. It's not intercourse, so it's not sex. Then he told me he's a very powerful man, and if I ever told anyone, he would ruin my life, and no one would ever believe me anyways. I was 14, a young boy, a child. Hosea Chanchez only came forth because he knew that there was a pending case against Isaac Sanders, so he decided if he came forth, it would spread more awareness about nasty people like Isaac Sanders. 
a lot of these men that came forth were in their 20s and in their 30s and a lot of them claimed a lot of the sexual abuse they endured towards isaac sanders a lot of it happened in the means of manipulation and the means of them honestly being offered scholarship opportunities and what's even terrible is a lot of these young men who are now in their 20s and some of them who are in their 30s will not seek justice at all because the statute of limitation prevents them from it or he denies all allegations and there's no proof jose even spoke on many instances in cases of molestation that happened in the black community he also addressed how it's often swept under the rug in the black community more particularly because a lot of people in the black community more so care about how they're viewed by other people. Which unfortunately prevents many men from speaking out because although sexual assault affects women mostly as far as, you know, what the media puts out, it also affects many black men as well. And due to, due to toxic masculinity, a lot of black men don't often like to voice their issues with molestation at the time they've been sexually assaulted due to the, the hyper-masculinity in all the world and the pressures that people put on black men. 70% of sexual assault cases are normally done by people that the victim knows and assume that they can trust. As of now, Hosea Chanchez is 38 years old and he currently partakes in theater and he works as a film director in LA. Really? You really need to stop the silliness and move on, because it's obvious that I have. Darren was known for being one of the few good black men in his world. Although he wasn't loyal at first, he was always very true to himself, and he treated Melanie like a queen, despite their tribes and tribulations. Their relationship was honestly incredibly toxic, and probably one of the most insane and most intense moments in television history. Unfortunately, Pooch Hall walked away from the show because, allegedly, they wouldn't really want to pay him what he felt like he was worth. So I was like, oh, cool. I'm about to work on the game and, and work on uh, Showtime's Ray Dot. And it it just didn't work out for me. When you want to be treated what your worth is, sometimes it exposes the opposing side's character. And if you want to be treated what your worth is and people don't want to treat you or pay you your worth and they feel like you're worth less than what you asked for, then that just goes to show you that they think less of you. And that's something that I really, really want to push to all people of color is that it's important to ask for what you're worth because although he was fired and let go and he, or he walked away or whatever from the show, I do have to say that he wanted to be paid his worth and they didn't agree with it. So at the end of the day, ask for what you're worth and it'll reveal someone's true characters because if they really believe in you, they'll pay you what you're worth. But allegedly, according to Pooch Hall, he's actually been blackballed from the network and any opportunity he has to pursue with BET or any opportunity at all that's affiliated with BET often gets dubbed. Now, aside from Ray Donovan being his biggest role to date, Pooch Hall recently got the opportunity to appear in the Chuck Webner biopic and he also appeared as Muhammad Ali. In spite of all the success, Pooch Hall got into a huge controversy last year of 2019. If y'all didn't know, he basically allowed his son to steer the car, his two-year-old son to steer the car late at night, 7.30, in Burbank, California. And as his son was steering the car, Pooch Hall was allegedly drinking and was intoxicated. And in the midst of all that, Pooch Hall ended up hitting a parked car. Now, witnesses tried to testify against him and say that his son was driving the car but according to pooch hall that wasn't true and then when the police did find them his son was in the car seat but the police didn't believe that pooch hall was sober considering that pooch hall didn't want to take the sobriety test so they took him in because allegedly he was displaying functions of someone who was intoxicated pooch hall pleaded no contest and basically he was ordered by the court to three years of probation three-month alcohol program. He was also forced to take a one-year parenting class. Pooch Hall is currently married to his beautiful wife and college sweetheart, Linda Hall, and they currently have four kids together. No more luxuries around here. 
What luxuries? What? Bottled water? No, from now on, it's tap. Now, Jason was known for being everyone's favorite cheapskate. He was probably damn near cheaper than fucking Chris's dad and everybody hates Chris. But he was known for being everybody's favorite cheapskate and he often used money and his narcissistic views to validate his life. And oftentimes, he often pushed away women and, you know, he was really notable for just being a self-hating black man who used his blackness and his money and power to woo women. His father, if y'all didn't know, is this real talented dude named Michael Bell who's known for being in Broadway shows and known for being a musician back in the 80s. Now, if y'all didn't know, he actually got his start in the parenthood. And then after that, he went on to be in ER and then eventually played in the smart guy alongside Taj Mori. He later got his break in the acting industry when he appeared in the classic series Third Watch from 1999 2005 and that was a really good show after he did the game he got a recurring role on burn notice and he was on burn notice for like a few years kobe is currently a working actor he pretty much lives his life in private with his wife and his few kids oh, what'd you forget to leave this bitch a tip <laughs> melanie was known for being that insecure melodramatic annoying as hell homegirl who people couldn't stand she couldn't keep a friend worth shit and people couldn't stand her because she was durin's shadow throughout the entire series but a lot of people loved her because a lot of people saw themselves in her for being that one token character that showed the insecurities that a lot of people often like to hide. Now, one thing I really loved about Melanie was she was the self-proclaimed doctor who literally uh -huh. studied pre-med and literally wasted a whole damn degree just to follow her man around. A lot of women don't speak on this, but a lot of women have given up their careers and their life goals to cater to their man or being a mother to their man. Tia Meyer, before she played Melanie on the game, you know, of course we all know her from Sister Sister. After Tia's time on the game, you know, she went on to really focus on her life. She got married to her man. After departure, she immediately signed a multi-million dollar with Style. As we all know, she got her own TV show with her sister. Tia is still a working actress in Hollywood, and to date, she hasn't done much work, but currently she's on a Netflix sitcom called Family Reunion. In 2015, Tia Meyer faced a lot of controversy after calling out Kiki Palmer for complimenting her husband, Corey Hardig, in an interview. Well, I mean, I've been a fan of Corey since I was a kid. I mean, he auditioned for Keelan the V, and I was like, I'm going to marry this man. <laughs> <laughs> And then Tiamari later followed that back with a clapback saying this. Tiamari, as of now, is currently a YouTuber and she often posts weekly content on her YouTube channel documenting her life, her cooking skills, her family recipes, her life as a stay-at-home mom, and no one really knows much about her because, like most of the cast members, she pretty much lives her life in private. Camille, Camille, it's Kelly. Hi. Hi. I like your dress, Kelly. Oh, oh, thank you. I, I like your skin. <laughs> It's so dark. I, I mean, lovely. Billy Daniel's character, Kelly Pitts, was a caricature of a gold-digging, over-sexualized bimbo who dated black men for a sense of rebellion. Very similar to Kim Kardashian and all the white women in Hollywood who date powerful black men who often cheat on them and mistreat them. But before the game, if y'all didn't know, Brittany Daniels was just like Tia Mori. She was a notorious child star right along her sister. They both got their start in the 1980s and then eventually transitioned to the acting world in the 1990s when the twin trend was trending. And they also started their own drama called Sweet Valley High for literally three years. And her most memorable role today is when she played Megan in White Chicks and then later played Britney in Little Man. While working with the Waynes, she later started dating King Ivory Waynes in the midst of her career and the two later broke up after a couple of years during her time and her struggle with cancer. After her battle with stage 4 cancer, she was later back on the show from 2014 to the end of the series. After the game ended, Brittany Daniels went on to live a very private life, and she just recently made her now husband, Adam Tony, who's a very popular million dollar 
real estate agent. Although the game really changed the tone of television for me, and still to this day, it still doesn't get enough credit. I will not stop saying that. The game still doesn't get enough credit and act as it deserves. I will say the show literally was one of the last pieces that kept BET together. Because before BET became a trash, poopoo caca dumpster train, <laughs> the game really held BET together. And the game really told stories that needed to be told without having to be, you know, on a ratchet reality show. Instead of the game painting a fabricated tale of laughs and humor, the game showed us the real. The game showed us the bad, the ugly, the infidelity, the abuse, the toxicity, and type of difficult conversations that few, if not, not that many shows ever even tackled. The game came around a time where people assumed that all black sitcoms unleashed negative stereotypes or all black sitcoms showcased only overtly positive stereotypes that really weren't reality. The game showcased us the reality that we all need to be a part of. Most comedy shows follow the Cosby Show format and give us a depiction of what we want to see, but they never show us what we need to see. Hope you guys enjoyed this documentary. Hope you guys really learned something from this. Hope you guys gained something from this. If you guys want any more documentaries, please be sure to comment them down below. A lot of you guys want me to do a documentary on so many other shows. Please be sure to check out the playlist that I have on my YouTube channel of all the ones that I've done because I've done plenty. I've done plenty of others. So, yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed this video. Please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe from what you guys thought about this video. I'm going to fuck the sleep. And yeah, that's that. Trace out this bitch. Who do you know?